Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, WMR.fm. It is the uh, 12th of March, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. We have a uh, truly exciting guest today. We have Rand Fishkin from uh, SparkToro coming in to uh, talk all things digital marketing. But first, it's been a uh, wild time. Um, it's been a hard. It's been hard to read the news without falling into fear or buying into panic. Um, COVID nineteen has swept around the world in a matter of months and halted normal activities in several G twenty nations in a mere matter of days. Yesterday or two days ago, Italy announced everything was shutting down. Uh, yesterday, Ireland announced uh, it was shutting everything down. Yesterday evening, uh, President Trump announced that all travel from Europe was being shut down. Uh, not trade, but travel. Um, conferences are being canceled. Today, Google announced that its developers' conferences, all developers' conferences, are going to be closed until further notice. Last week, PubCon got postponed, and this morning I woke to the news, we just heard a few moments ago, that the NBA, NBA season has been suspended, which, of course, means the Raptors get to be champions this time next year, as if there was any doubt anyway. Oh, man, Dave, how you doing? I, I'm doing... <laughs> You know, it, it, there's there's not to, to 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 take good from a bad situation, right? Like, it, it, but we're, we're 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 marketers, right? And that's what this that's what this show is about. Oddly, it, it's kind of from a marketing standpoint, an exciting time. Like, as you know, we'll be talking about some of the news stories, um, and, and I'm not talking about the like crap. Let's like fire out N95 masks and make everybody, you know, scared and, and that sort of stuff. That's not the marketing I'm talking about here. Um, but I, I've watched a, a lot of our clients, um, and, and I'm sure a lot of our marketing friends as well. You know, in, in the listening audience, um, trying to deal with this. Well, you, you're aware, like we we have a lot of clients in travel and tourism. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say you um, you you more than anyone I know is very exposed. And, and so yeah, it's all of a sudden very. And and what I'm finding academically fascinating <laughs> so I, I if i could wish this wasn't there and, and it wasn't of course i would right but it is um and the things that we have to do especially on the paid search side right on, on organic it's like anything you do hopefully fingers crossed this will all be sorted out before it would even be a thing right? <laughs> like, before anything you know organic would, would would change that much right on, on the organic side right organic takes a few months i'm hoping we're not dealing with this then so organic is just sort of like as far as most of our clients stay the course and and, and do what you're doing um take advantage of, of some opportunities a lot of editors are looking for stuff right i mean and i'm giving people like you know a lot of people are looking for news especially in like sectors like travel right now that isn't um about COVID 19. so you know there might be opportunities on the link and, and branding side for you um, but on the paid search side um it, it, I, i'm finding some fascinating fascinating opportunities um people are pulling back so if we have you know clients who are and we do where their focus is sort of within driving distance people are are, are starting to pull back um you know a, a lot of their travel plans 
right? And going, okay, I want to go somewhere close, right? And fair enough, that's, that's a good call. Or they were traveling overseas and now they don't know what's going on, you know, and so they're, they're canceling their plans. Um, and so they're all pulling back to me and, and it might sound cold, but my, my responsibility is to my client. Um, there are opportunities in that. You have a lot of companies that spend a lot of money that were competing for the terms that are now having to pull back because they're all flyers, right? And going, okay, now let's start focusing in our tight radius around us. Um, and, and let's actually, let's not pull back. Let's increase uh, our spend in this radius. Um, and, and it's, it's proving, um, you know, not to take good out of bad, but I'll, somebody's going to win and it's going to be well, my client. Yeah, uh, back in, know, back in 2000, help. just to jump in back in 2003, there was a SARS crisis. You and I both worked at Stepforth at the time yeah. with, uh, with Ross. Yeah. And, uh, I remember we had, a, we had a number of clients that were, uh, in the, in Toronto, um, which was the epicenter of the SARS outbreak in North America. Um, we had a bunch of tourism clients yeah. and we use, we use, you know, similar strategies. Uh, you know, don't say you're from Toronto, say you're from a neighboring municipality. <laughs> I remember those conversations. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's exactly that. Like you, it, it is a zero sum. Somebody's going to win. Right. And so it, it might as well be your client and a, a massive adjustment in strategy is probably going to be required. Um, the way you're messaging is going to be required, right? Like talking about, as we are putting up new, um, new ad extensions, talking about how close we are, how clean the places are, how, how, how sort of, how spacious uh, or, or generous the beaches are, right? You're not crammed in there, right? Like just using language that's like all those things you're worried about and rightfully so, they don't exist here. So, so spacious means you can uh, sit far away from that coughing guy, guy over there on the corner coughing. Exactly. Finding your six foot radius is not a problem, right? So <laughs> a little bit, a little bit of neurolinguistic programming here. Exactly. Exactly. And just finding creative ways to do it and, and targeting, you know, specific demographics that, that, you know, um, have it. We just this morning launched some new display campaigns for one of our clients, and it's just targeting these specific demographics and going, "Hey, let's let's be honest. Right now is a low season in tourism in in a lot of areas, right? Like just just it, it always. I'm not talking about because of coronavirus. I'm talking about just well, actually, and seasonally, this is a low time. Okay, thinking about a couple of your clients. Thank goodness this is happening now and not say two months from two months ago or a few months from now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that is if for, for the clients that we have. Some people are not in that boat. Um, but for the clients that we have, most of them are exactly as you call it. Their, their high seasons are with everybody else's, right? It's winter or summer, right? Like holiday season, summer, right, is, is, is the peak, peak point. If we have to be dealing with this, now is a good time. Um, and if you can, and there are ways to do it, and you have to be very, very careful in your wording um you know in sort of going hey everybody's kind of working you know everybody's allowed to work from home right now right and, and in fact it's being promoted now might be a good time to get out of dodge and get into a small town sort of brutally on, on the show because i can just go hey here's as a marketer what the message i'm trying to convey yeah, yeah, yeah. but i'm not wording it that way yeah, of course, more, more or less, indeed, of course, of course. Um, so, I mean, I'm sorry, as cold and calculated as that may sound is, 
our, our, our job here is, is we're marketers. That's, that's what we're yeah. all doing. And, and I mean, some may be business owners in our listening audience, but look at who could be filling your restaurant. Look at who could be, you know, who look at who could be, who you could be serving right now. And, and, and Dave, there's nothing wrong. Absolutely nothing wrong with this line of thinking. Business has to go on. Yeah. Like, like um, this is, this is, this is going to be, these are going to be sweeping changes to um, our world. Like uh, you're going to see schools shutter, stadiums and other public places are going to get closed. The disruption is going to be greater than any event outside of a world war in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. But business has to go on and we have to have foundation to rebuild from. Like, and then rebuild is, is not too strong a phrase to use. No, no, indeed. Um, and one of the interesting sort of side products, and I'm just going to share this with our listening audience, has nothing to do with marketing, but it has to do with some great advice given to me many years ago from my grandmother, who, God bless her, is still alive, and I'll be seeing this afternoon. Um, everybody, I, I don't know about you, I have RSPs. I don't know what the equivalent is for our American listening audience, but it's your retirement savings. They're 501Ks. Okay. Um, Mine are declining right now. They're in mutual funds. I'm sure a lot of people are, are in that same boat, right? Like they're, they're, and, and her advice to me in dealing with anything related to the stock market was, you've only lost money if you sell while it's low. So yeah. everybody, don't panic. Carry on. Like this too no, no, no. I mean, we have seen such gains over the last couple of years in the market that a drop now, um, you, if you bought, you're still probably ahead of where it's yeah. dropped to. So you actually haven't lost anything except stuff that you had on paper. Right. I've lost some of the gains. And, and so, yeah, and, and that's exactly it. And, and you know, historically, um, the market bounces back historically. It's, 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 it's almost never. In fact, I can't remember a time when it's actually failed to bounce back. Oh, no. And, and it will like the, the, the panic will will settle. And, um, you know, I, I know a few of our friends, I won't name them off the top of my head, but I've seen them on Facebook going, well, looks like shares are on sale right now. <laughs> well, and, and, you right. know what? If you if you've got the money to risk, this may be you know this may be a wise time to do that. Um, it's uh, it's more volatile than any other time, but yeah, risk uh, risk equals reward in this world. So yep, indeed, um, and I know we we've got a, an outstanding outstanding guest. You 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 we know do. him? Do uh, he just dropped in? Oh. Hey, there he is. Uh, well, our listeners can't see him. You know, it's a podcast. Well, howdy, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rand Fishkin. Rand, welcome to Web College. I was going to give you this whole long introduction and stuff, but you're already here, so yeah, no, 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 no introduction needed. Let's, uh, let's rock it. Yeah, well, rock it. There, are, there are very few guests we could have that we could say that, but go. We could come up with some long bio, or we could say it's Rand, and everybody in our audience knows exactly who we're talking about. I'm not even going to use the guy's last name. <laughs> not even. Don't even need to. How are you doing? I haven't talked to you for what? How long? Forever. I, it's it's been at least a year, maybe even eighteen months. Yeah, it's been a good little while. We've been socially distancing, just you know, to um, get ahead of this thing. We were socially distancing before it was cool. Before it was cool or <laughs> mandatory. Uh, great to no, talk to you. Last time I saw you, we were on this weird funky hippie bus in uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I a- think it was Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh. There you go. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. But yes, I remember that quite well. That that, that was, was weird. That was one of the oddest things that's <laughs> happened to me at an event. Oh boy! 
I love the digital marketing world. This what 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 other career could we have could we have um, these kind of adventures? You've been uh, in digital marketing for what 12, 13, 15 years now, easily. Uh, I I think it might be twenty one. Oh my goodness! Wow. And in those twenty one years, you've changed the face of the of the world that we work in at least three times, four times if if uh, one of your books counts, but at least three times. Um, you help popularize search engine optimization with SEO Moz. You started, you changed SEO Moz into the company that made arguably the most popular digital marketing tool set of all time, Moz. Now you've made um, an identifying tool, SparkToro, which actually just had just had its official launch just the other day, eh? Uh, no, no, it has not launched yet. Uh, still in still in early access. Okay. Um, congratulations on it, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, we're uh, we're definitely excited to get the tool out there and have have people using it and um, get feedback. It's been uh, a long journey, but a really good one. In your words, what does Spark? What 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 is your elevator pitch on SparkToro? Sure, yeah, I think this is a this is a challenge. I had half this. I, I had someone email me uh, yesterday and say uh, I typed in. You know, they'd gotten an early access invitation. They said I, I typed in my keywords and I don't see how this helps me with SEO. And and I had to just take a a slow <laughs> calm step back and uh, and reply with, you are so correct. You have figured it out. The tool does not help you with SEO. Uh, this is not a piece of SEO software at all. And um, I, I think there was, you know, there was a, a silent email typed back to me, something to the effect of, but you're Rand Fishkin. I don't understand. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yes, an elevator pitch on SparkToro. So I work with uh, a lot of startups and, and um, a lot of companies that, that try to do web marketing. One of the challenges that I kept seeing very consistently was being able to say, here's my audience. Please go tell me how to reach them without spending tons of money on Google and Facebook. And, and that's a big challenge, right? The duopoly of Google and Facebook owns the vast majority of online advertising. Uh, even in the organic world, right, a lot of our efforts go toward Google, rightfully so, with SEO and, and Facebook and other social platforms. But I think it is, this is a really challenging problem. If you want to figure out the podcasts that your audience listens to, right, if you want to figure out uh, how, which YouTube channels they watch and subscribe to, if you want to figure out what websites they read and visit and share, if you want to figure out which social accounts across all these different networks they're paying attention to, if you want to see what words and phrases they use to describe themselves and what they talk about online and don't and which hashtags they use. This right now is a process that takes months of expensive surveying and you usually get crappy results from it. And Casey and I basically had this idea that that can all that data is all out there on the Internet. Someone just needs to crawl it and aggregate it, put it all together and make it searchable. And that is exactly what SparkToro does. So if you want to know which podcasts are popular with architects in Los Angeles, we can tell you that in a few seconds. If you want to know 
uh, which social media accounts are followed by the most people who have search engine marketing in their bio, boom, we can tell you that. If you want to know which YouTube channels are most subscribed to by people who use the hashtag potty training, uh, we, we can tell you that too, right? We can <laughs> show you parenting tip of the day is, you know, number one and, and, and uh, uh, scary mama is number two and right. Like, and basically we just, we do this in a really simple fashion where we just order the results by the percent of the audience that you're searching for that follows links to engages with uh, the accounts or, you know, podcasts or YouTube channels or websites uh, that this audience pays attention. And that it works shockingly well. Like it sounds too simple for the for the problem, but that was our idea, right? We don't we don't want to make it complicated. We just want to show you fast results that are accurate right away. Well, the funny thing is, I mean, like think of most tools out there. They fill a simple need that nobody had built for yet. With this data, with this information, what are marketers able to do? I mean, I think that the big, the biggest thing for marketers in particular is to go target your outreach and marketing tactics of all kinds, right? So SparkToro is not here to tell you, oh, uh, you should go and do exactly this next. We are here to solve the market research problem, the audience intelligence problem, so that you can then go do your, uh, your tactics, go execute on your tactics in intelligent ways. So you might say, oh, man, you know, you know, Jim and Dave, let's, let's say that you, uh, the two of you started up a new um, uh, software company that helps um, hospitals and clinics manage uh, care providing, I don't know, in, you know, uh, for the future. And so your, uh, your new business is, oh, we have to go reach hospital administrators and healthcare providers and doctor's offices and that, the admins who run those. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know anything about that space. I have, mm-hmm. I have no idea what that audience listens to, watches, reads, follows. Uh, it's not familiar. It's not a familiar audience to me. But, you know, you can basically say, well, hey, we started executing on some podcast sponsorships for uh, in this space, and we had really good success with them. We started getting great leads at a great price, high conversion rates. But how do we figure out more podcasts to go do that on? And then you might expand that to say, oh, you know, we want to do some, we want to try some things with YouTube channel sponsorships. We want to find some conferences and events to sponsor. We want to... Uh, go do some outreach for link building. We want to go do some outreach for guest editorial pieces that maybe have nothing to do with SEO or just brand builders for us. We want to go find some social accounts to help amplify some content marketing we've done. Uh, we want to build some affiliate relationships. What, whatever your tactics might be, SparkToro is here to help find those sources. So that's, yeah, that's our... Uh, quick little elevator pitch and, and, you know, fingers crossed so far, it's been a, um, I would say not a runaway success, but it has been vastly more suspe- successful than I was expecting. Okay. Now it's, um, I, I thought you'd had your launch already. I, I apologize for that. You're uh, still in selected. Um, Jim, you I, selected- I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I believe mm-hmm. it might be time for a break. Oh my goodness! I can see that as well. Well, 
<laughs> Usually I'm the one doing that, but now that you mention it. I'm, I'm here for you. I am here for you. <laughs> Thanks, Rand. And thanks, studio. On behalf of Ron Hedger from Digital Always Media, you're listening to Web Culture on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 12th of March, 2020. Stick around. We got Rand Fishkin from Spark Carol coming up, coming back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, You'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences. Marketing on Purpose. Radio's Virtual Autobahn. WebmasterRadio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and webmasterradio.fm. It's the 12th of March, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, and in the studio, we have Rand Fishkin from Spark Toro. Uh, welcome back, Rand, and... Uh, thank you so much for uh, for 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 uh, assuming the host duties for for. Oh for yeah, no, <laughs> my pleasure. If you need someone to fill in, you, know, you, just, uh, you just drop me a line. I'm on that absolutely. <laughs> um, I remember years and years back. Uh, I think it was 2005, 2006. Um, I forget where it was. Might have been New York. It might have been. It might have been San Jose. But. Um, you're giving a speech. You're just announcing that Moz is at SEO Moz is becoming Moz. Yeah. 
Mm. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, oh my God, Rand has just built a search engine. Like that's, that's what he's doing to, 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 make, to, to make the tool set. You've always been interested in making tools. Why? Yeah, I like, um, I like a bunch of aspects of it, right? I think that uh, part of my personality is wanting to help people at scale rather than on an individual level. So that matches up nicely. You know, software is very scalable. If it, if it helps one person, it's going to help a lot more than that one person usually. Um, and I, I love that facet. I also really like the way that software can be marketed and sold, which is which which can be in in the case of you know my previous company Moz, my my new company SparkToro, um, self service. I, I really like doing self service sales as opposed to one to one and um, yeah, sort of enterprise style sales. That's not my not my jam. I don't like the challenges around inauthenticity and the challenges around schmoozing. Like that's not, that's not me. I, I, I can't really pull that off well. Um, so software was always a good fit. And I, I think I have just always gravitated toward uh, liking to use tools and software myself and wanting to be the architect of those. So it's a it's a good match, and I will say with you know with SparkToro, I wanted to, um, in a lot of ways, give myself just an easier path to build a company. I'm sure many many folks who are listening, right, have probably done their job in the past and found that it was very very challenging, and then in their you know next role it was easier, and the next time they did it, it was even easier because you you learn and you evolve and you figure out the little pitfalls and you figure out the uh, the issues and challenges, right? And getting through that process means that next time, uh, I liken it in, in Lost and Founder to playing a video game. You know, first time you run through that Super Mario level, you're falling down all the pits and the piranhas are all getting you, but then you learn where to jump and where to hit the fireball and where to get the mushroom. And you're right, like, uh, and, and all these things help you make it through the level. And, you know, the work world is just like that. So with Spark Toro, I wanted to give myself an easier time forward and, and do something I was familiar with where I knew the pitfalls um, and, and how to play a game. Um, your original company, uh, SEO Moz, got into SEO just as it was getting popularized. You stepped into creating tools just as the uh, SEO tools, just as the SEO industry was about to explode into its second or third phase where, where it grew very rapidly. Yeah, you're now making tools that are more um, helping content creators. Um, I'm, this is my interpretation. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Um, helping content creators find out what their audience is interested in, and helping, say, uh, social media marketers find out where their their efforts are most effective. Was there a conscious move on your part to get away from the search industry? And if so, was that because you've been there and done that or because you see more growth in other parts of digital marketing? Uh, let's see. I I would say it's three things. Uh, one, saliently, I had a non-compete with Moz, right? So I'm yeah. not going to do SEO software. Um, uh, second, I did want to break out of the pure niche of SEO, and that is 
Um, part of that was also because my perception is that uh, Google is taking more and more of the real estate and clicks for itself, right? They're entering industry after industry, and that's um, frustrating. I think that makes SEO more difficult. Uh, and and over time, right, over the long term, over the next 10 or 20 years, I think there will unfortunately be a decline in opportunity, even as there's an increase in competition. Um, and you can see that very much so with, you know, the stats that I showed last year, basically showing that from 2016 uh, to 2019, there was a, a loss in the total number or, or about, sorry, about the same number of clicks were available, even though search had grown dramatically, right? So, uh, and then the third, you know, the third reason um, is because I just personally have passion about wanting to create um, diversity and opportunity, right? So like I, uh, this might get into the political realm, right? But sort of uh, my view of the macroeconomic picture is it's way better when lots of companies have uh, opportunity and dollars and are all competing than if a few companies get all the winnings and nobody else gets anything. And we are definitely moving in the a few companies dominate the entire space, right? Um, that's more true today than it has been any time in the last 60 years, 70 years in the, in the United States as an economy. And I think that's generally a negative thing. Uh, so I wanted to build something that could help diversify that uh, flow of marketing dollars and investment and audiences. And, and that's what SparkToro does, right? It doesn't say, here's where to spend your money on Google and Facebook. It says, here's where to go direct to publications, people, creators to get your marketing message out, um, right? I mean, I, I want podcasts like Webcology to do well. I want thousands of other podcasts to do well. I don't really care about Google getting more advertising dollars or more marketing <laughs> efforts. I just, they don't need help, right? Like they're doing great. I, I, I'm going to touch on something. It's funny. This is a, a bit off because I do have a, a follow-up question, but I'm going to go off on a, on a totally different tangent. And probably my favorite moment that I was watching Rand and you were, you were on a stage, this was a couple of years ago. And, and our, I think our listening audience will, will find this funny. And you were trying to prove um, the clicks impact rankings. Um, <laughs> and, and so you got up there and said, and I cannot remember the name of the restaurant, but okay, everybody look this up and then click and let's watch what happens to their rankings. And there was a short term climb. Um, they went from, I think it was six to two at the time. But what I found really funny, and I believe you sent an apology to them, was we killed their site because all of a sudden we had like 2,000 people all running a query and nailing this poor, probably a GoDaddy server somewhere or something just sitting there. Uh, that was that was off, but, but easily my, my favorite sort of like, yep, that was, that was a funny moment to sort of be part of. And sorry for that restaurant. I'm sure they were fine that we, we killed their site for like, an hour or something. Um, you you had touched on earlier, um, sort of some of the pitfalls, like in 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 building software. You touched on that there are um, so sort of pitfalls. You're getting people going in and, and getting feedback from them. How many of these pitfalls are actually the people themselves? I'm not a UX person, but but my wife is, and it's like wow, they people are not doing what I expect them to do, right? You put on Lucky Orange, and it's like I don't even understand why they're going there, but 30% of them are. Um, how, how much are you finding now where it's like the tool does what it does, it's displaying what it displays, but people are coming in and not 
looking at it, it's like but it says show more just click show more uh, and, and you'll get it or, or something like that yeah so i i think this is a this is a huge challenge and i don't i don't think it's reasonable for an entrepreneur to put the fault with customers and users right i think the the obligation is on you to educate the market to uh better design the the, the tool all of that but i um <laughs> I have been referring to this as the Joe Biden problem. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll explain what I mean here, right? So, so I, you know, I, I've been I, I like to watch politics, right? And the Democratic primaries happening in the United States has been uh, for the last few months, right? And and I, I find it fascinating, right, that the media focuses on like pretty much every other candidate. You know, Joe Biden has sort of been like, eh, whatever. Like he's off on the side. He's not very exciting. Like people don't, um, there's not a lot of like huge fans of Joe Biden. People are not passionate about him, but he is, he is winning the Democratic primary, you know, runaway landslide, right? Runaway landslide. And, uh, and I love looking at the interviews, right? With people who come out of the whatever polling stations across the U.S. And they, you know, they ask people like, well, why'd you vote for Joe Biden? You know, what was your, why, why are you supporting him? And they're like, well, I, I don't know. I'd heard of him before. Right? <laughs> and then and then they're like okay um and uh and what do you like about biden and they kind of shrug and go uh, obama like <laughs> I, he he was obama's vp uh yeah i've heard of him and i have some positive association with him and i don't know any of these other people so joe biden right and i think this is this holds true kind of across the spectrum of human experience and of marketing, right? That if people know you and have some positive experience with you, uh, then, and familiarity, the path to growth, the path to marketing, the path to serving them is just way, way, way easier, right? They're going to sort of choose you by default. Um, even if, you know, if you were to ask them, hey, which, which policies do you support? And then you show them a picture like, well, it sounds like you like these four other candidates better than you like Joe Biden. They're sort of like, eh, but still, I've heard of Joe Biden. I'm going to vote for him, right? Um, and, and this holds true. We've seen it with, you know, with, with Spark Toro very much as well, where people are kind of like, oh, I have this familiarity with this old process of doing things or how I expect things to work. And so getting people into a new process, a new way of thinking, um, a new interface, getting them to recognize a button in a tool, getting them to uh, click in a certain place, it, it's, it's a challenge. If it's not familiar, it doesn't come easily. And so you have to do a ton of education. You can only serve early adopters all that well. So Dave, yeah, I, you know, I think that your wife is is absolutely right that this is a huge UI and UX challenge consistently. I hope everyone adopts the terminology of the Joe Biden problem. <laughs> well, you were you were talking about and, and it does make sense. And I mean, heck, I think for, for some people just be like, well, that's just boring. And I could use some boring right now. I could use a few years. I of just want, like just I'm just going to go with Amazon. I know they're probably not the cheapest or the best. I don't really like them as a company. Like I, I hate what they're doing to my city. Uh, you know, I don't totally love the uh, wealth concentration that's going on there. I don't like the way they treat their workers. But Amazon, I've heard of them. Right? Like, I know I it. It's company. Them. You know, I'm familiar um, with it. Like I know it. Um, yeah, I think this is how Google and Facebook 
are dominating the, the marketing landscape too, right? The same duopoly, like, well, where are we going to do marketing? Eh, Google? Eh, Facebook? Right. So that's where the marketing budget goes. Now, it's not where my kids are. So we'll see how that plays out later. They're like, yeah, I'll go there to update so that like my parents can see an update. But when I don't want my parents to see what I'm doing, we'll call that the other 98% of the time <laughs> off they are on anywhere, Discord or, or whatever. But you, you, you talked about in, in the Joe Biden analogy, the, the familiarity aspect yeah. of, of things. Um, and and in, in, in relation to UI and, and UX and, and in design itself. Is that like, I can't help but instinctively think that is one of the powers of moving away from the UI, but of the tool itself is you're actually just showing me what the people I'm trying to target are already comfortable with. They're already comfortable here. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's exactly right. So there's, there's definitely, I think once people get it, right? Like once people get the idea, I search for an audience, any describable audience, right? People who have these words and phrases in their bio or people who talk about this subject online. Anytime you do that, SparkTour returns a list of what they follow and pay attention to, right? Websites they uh, visit, uh, podcasts they listen to, YouTube channels they subscribe to, blah, blah, blah. And, and once people sort of get that in their head um, and digest it, I think the, the tool becomes um, much more digestible for them, like much more processable. But that that early processing fluency is challenging to overcome. Like I have seen so many people, uh, you know, use the tool and, and email me about it and sort of be like, hey, I searched for my keyword and I don't see the top ranking websites here. To which I, you know, I have the like, wait, but that's what you use Google for. Right. You go to Google and you search for your keyword and you'll see the top ranking websites. You go to SparkToro different story. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a challenge. Okay, this time I got to jump in. Um, sort of preempting the studio, beating him to the past, beating Rand to the past. We got to take a break. Uh, we got we to take our second break on Webcology. So, Rand, if we can get you to stick around for a few more minutes. At your Thank service. You, Friends, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstein Content Marketing, Rand Fishkin from SparkToro, uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. Recorded live to podcast on the 12th of March, 2020. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm is now part of the WMR.fm podcast network. Evolving every day to meet today's demands. We are pioneers of podcasting, staying at the forefront of digital marketing, business, and entrepreneurship. WMR.fm enters the 2020s leading the way, expanding our spectrum of shows set to educate, entertain, and engage. We are the WMR.fm Podcast Network. 
commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm on the WMR Network. It is the 12th of March, 2020. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Ways Media, Dave Davies from Beatsock Internet Marketing, and we are joined by Rand Fishkin from SparkToro. Uh, Rand, earlier you were talking about how people sometimes, you know, mistaken uh, use of uh, uh, your tool and, uh, I don't know, say Google. Um, <laughs> you've had a love-hate relationship with Google uh, over your career. I remember you introduced yourself to the digital marketing world with a dissertation on PageRank. Um, and since then, you've, again, you've had a, a love-hate relationship with Google. Um, what phase are you in now? Uh, let's see, I am very proud of many of Google's accomplishments and many of their products. I think they have built an extraordinary company and done a lot of good things for the world overall. I would still, I am still of the opinion that Google is a net positive for the world. Um, that being said, when we have things that we love, things that we are fans of, I think we owe it to uh, those services, companies, people to be highly critical of them as well. Um, especially when we see them going down paths that we don't think are wise or right. Um, or ethical. And unfortunately, I, over the last, especially five, six, seven years, I've seen Google do a lot of things that I think any reasonable observer would say are somewhere between unethical and unwarranted, right? And that, that includes, you know, um, at, the, at the largest policy levels, like Google is one of the biggest tax dodgers on the planet. Now they do this in legal ways, but I don't, I don't think that serves anyone, right? Google has benefited more than almost anyone from the infrastructure that the United States and the rest of the world built up around the internet ecosystem and from you know, uh, uh, government programs of all kinds, right? Citizens paying taxes basically funded what created the underpinnings of what allowed Google to operate. Even the public university where, um, where, where Google's founders went to school, right? Where they got their uh, uh, start is publicly funded. And so, I, I don't know, it really frustrates me to see them using the, you know, what was it called? The, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Irish Dutch. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, through Ireland and through the one of the uh, countries in the Netherlands zones. And uh, just so frustrating, right? In, infuriating. Um, so I think that's, a net negative. I don't. I don't think there's any way to ethics your way out of that, right? Google would just shrug their shoulders and say, "Well, it's legal, and lots of other companies did it, and our investors want those billions of dollars." So, um, I think that that Google has uh, used their monopoly power in search to, in my opinion, unfairly compete in new sectors, right? I, I think one of the easiest examples possible is YouTube. So years sure. ago, you might remember, probably both of you remember, many of the listeners remember, that if you had a video that you marked up yourself on your own website, hosted with anyone, uh, uh, Dailymotion or Vimeo or Wistia, um, 
you could put the video markup on your site and you would get into Google's video results, right? Your video could be shown. Great, awesome, wonderful, right? I wanna see my video right in the search results, in Google search results. And then one day in July, 2014, uh, overnight, someone at Google ordered the engineers to basically make it so that only YouTube could appear in Google's video results. That, that is using your monopoly power in search to basically make sure that people host their videos, even if they're using any other party. If you want to be visible in Google, which is responsible for 94% you know, of all web traffic, you better, uh, sorry, 94% of all search traffic, you better host on YouTube our service, the service we bought. Well, I mean, the, the, the reason I asked the question and 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 drew, drew you into what what could easily be a morass, um, dangerous to 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 critique Google sometimes is more than anybody else that that I know. You've well, more than many people I know. Not you've seen how the sausage is made. You've yeah. you've seen how Google operates its business, not just from an SEO's perspective, but from a business person's perspective, from from a business leader's perspective. As Google grows, or as Google has grown, was this behavior sort of inevitable? Um, okay, so if, if we believe that the behavior was inevitable, then I think we owe it to ourselves to work on the institutions that encourage and incentivize that behavior. Um, but I don't believe that, right? I, I think two things are true. I think one, we as... Uh, citizens, as voters, as responsible and ethical people, we can encourage our institutions to be better and to disallow um, these manipulative sorts of behaviors, these potentially law-dodging sorts of behaviors. Uh, and I think we can also encourage the service that we're fans of, Google, to be better, right? Be your best self, Google. You Google can do so many remarkable, amazing, powerful things. Look what they are doing around information for uh, the coronavirus. Like, look at what they did for uh, gay, lesbian uh, rights around the world, right? Even in places where it's extremely unpopular, right? Where, where most of the population in certain countries where Google was advocating for GLBTQ plus rights were fundamentally against them, and Google still took the hard stance right, that they were going to advocate for their employees and for these rights. That is, uh, when, when you are willing to take a business hit to do what's right, that makes me a huge fan of your company. And Google has, on occasion, done that in some really powerful ways, some ways that I think have moved the world forward. I want, I want to encourage them to do more of that. I think that they can. I don't think Sundar Pichai is an evil person, but I think he is governed by his incentives and I think he and the rest of the team there can do better. So that's why I have so much criticism uh, and that's why I encourage people to think critically about uh, Google. I, and look, I mean, pretty much everyone on the planet thinks this way about Facebook already, right? So. <laughs> Well, that's a fair point. And I mean, you, you bring up that point, heck, we should all be doing that about everything, right? Like, we'll all have our favorite politician. You know what? They don't poop gold, right? Like, they make mistakes. We should call them out. Absolutely, right? I, I think this is one of, you know, this is one of the reasons that, that uh, people can actually 
have swayed me toward a politician is when they are fans of that person, but critical of them, right? right? That makes me say, okay, you are an intelligent, thoughtful, critical, caring human being. You recognize imperfections and you give people a hard time about it, right? I really, I really actually appreciate and enjoyed a lot of um, Elizabeth Warren's followers and, and fans giving her a hard time about her um, you know, claim to Native American ancestry, which I, is technically accurate, but not accurate in the way that, that uh, American Indian tribes think about it, and uh, critical of her medical for, Medicare for all policy, right? And, and I get a little worried, although I'm a big fan of Bernie Sanders' policies, right, uh, that, that eh, there's a little less critical thinking there. I don't love that. Um, I don't like people who hate Donald Trump but can't recognize that there are some things he's done that are good, right? And there are. There, I think um, um, some of the tax on on uh, uh, real estate, high value real estate properties, was was a really good one. I think that um, the Department of Justice looking into anti competitive behavior of Google and Facebook and and Apple and Amazon, I think that's a good thing, right? That is holding the powerful to account for the laws that they may be violating. That seems very reasonable to me. So I I, I like people who are able to. Uh, look at any issue, uh, political or social or economic or business, right? And say, mm, even though I'm a fan, I'm still going to be critical of it. Now, I know we've only got probably about five minutes left. And I'm going to, because I could I could sit here and talk politics with you for, I don't know, the rest <laughs> well, of the yeah. day and then nothing would get done. Um, I would have a good day though. But um, I, I'm going to try this just because we got a few minutes left back to Spark Toro for, for a second, because I've had a chance to use it. It's nice to be you know, in, in the, in the awesome. beta beta crew. Um, and it's funny, one of the, the first things that, that hit me while I while I was using it, and it was very nicely timed because I was using it again today because I, I had a client who just yesterday was asking for data like it. And I was like, okay, there's gonna be like five tools. I need to pull in all this stuff. Um, and it's exactly what you're talking, what you were talking about in, the, in sort of towards the end of the first segment where we're not always working or alluding to rather, um, we're not always working in a sector we're amply familiar with. In this case, I'm working with a client, I've worked with them for a couple of years, but they're in the microservices space. Okay, I understand the word Kubernetes, I understand the core of how microservices works, right? But I am not a microservices expert by any means. I'm not, I don't know where these people go. And that's what the client was asking me is, where should we be looking to put our content that our users are not, they actually wanna build content for their users, not for Google. Yeah, <laughs> to get in front of them before they know what solution they're even going to look up and then make sure they're ranking for the solution they're looking up. I, I think um, this is true in a ton of marketing, right? That it's not always the case that people will search for your product. A lot of the times you want to create brand awareness before they ever search for your product. Going back to and, the Joe Biden thing, right? You want to create brand awareness. People should know about you, have heard of you, have some association with you before they ever do a search. Well, and it's one of the things that hit me while I'm while I'm using this tool and I'm looking through and going. It, one of my one of the things I think it's it's power is once people understand how to use it. And I, I mean, I'm still playing around with stuff in there. I'm not going to pretend I'm like some power user in there. Um, I, I'm far from it. But one of the things that instinctively I liked about it is it, it gives me this or, or would give a user the same advantage as early Facebook advertising did. And what I, what I mean by that is, I'm gonna get in front of people before they know what they're looking for. I know my target audience, but they don't know to even look for me yet. Yeah. 
So let's get in there and get them asking the questions I already know the answers to, and hopefully have a featured snippet for. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think look, uh, search is an awesome way to reach people. SEO and SEM are awesome ways to reach people who already know what they're looking for and don't yet have a brand preference. But if you need to create awareness of a problem, and and even more so, if you need to create brand preference in a space before someone has a problem, before they start looking for for you or your solution, uh, I think that content marketing and email marketing and brand marketing, uh, these are crucial tools. And the challenge is just knowing where you can do it. That's not just throw a bunch of money at, you know, Facebook and Google display and retargeting. And that is, that is a problem I really, really want to help with, right? I want advertisers to come to webcology because they know that they can reach their audience of search marketers, right? And and think of the millions, tens of millions of publications that are just like web ecology out right. there, right? There's some, you know, whatever, maker of, of toys and games who wants to reach uh, people who play those types of games and they know that there's a video, a YouTube channel where someone reviews them, but they don't know what it is. And, and SparkToro can help them find it and then help that person get the advertising dollars instead of Google and Facebook. Awesome, right? That would, that is so meaningful to me. We are in our final seconds. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry to jump in like yeah. that, but we're about to we're about to get hooked. Um, <laughs> Ren, when is SparkToro going to be available for a wider audience? What what do you, what do you reckon? Uh, I think it's next four to six weeks, so very soon. Okay, so friends, watch that space. It's coming available soon. Um, how will people know? Are you are you, are you going to be uh, doing a large? I, I, mean, um, I do my job well. Everyone should know. Right. <laughs> Excellent. I, I am any good at marketing. You will know the day SparkToro is public. Uh, and, and if you don't, give me a hard time about it. We will be watching for it. Absolutely. Rand Fishkin, man, thank you so much for joining us on Webcology today. It's always it a delight. Always an honor. Uh, anytime you need me, write to me. Brilliant. Rand Fishkin, thank you so much. On behalf of Dave Davis from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Friends, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm, part of the WMR Podcast Network. Stick around uh, Webmaster Radio. we got some great stuff coming up after the news. Rank well, stay safe, be good. We'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.